We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and um, <clears throat> before we get there, uh, I just want to make sure that everybody can kind of see my little uh, table set up over here, and uh, it should be white, and it should be nicer lettering on the bottom, but I just made it this morning, and I only have so much time, okay? So it says, uh, can you read it? What does it say? Change my mind. Uh, change my mind. So here's the deal with this. Uh, 2019, 2019, there was a, a semi-popular YouTuber that coined this phrase. Um, and it exists be, existed before, but what this guy did was he went around to college campuses and uh, he would take uh, politically explosive topics um, and uh, uh, controversial topics, and he'd put it on a sign just like this. And, uh, and he'd have a camera rolling and a microphone at the table, and he was inviting essentially college students or students in general to come to the table and um, to, quote unquote, change his mind. So he had already picked, a, a, you know, he had already basically uh, kind of dug his heels in on a topic, and he was inviting people to come and dialogue about it to change his mind. Uh, over time, this has become a, a phrase that people use to trigger discussion or conversation over a controversial topic. Um, so again, right, just notice um, that somebody already has their mind made up in this case, this YouTuber. Um, they already have deep convictions over a topic. And they say, change my mind. Um, how many of you think that that person really wants their mind to be changed? Exactly, right? Not very many of us. They don't want their mind to be changed. That's why this guy is setting up the table. What he's doing, actually, is he's hoping to reinforce his position um, and or convert some people to his position. So uh, let me just give a, a brief example so we're all on the same page about what we're talking about. And um, uh, this might be highly controversial, but it's not political, right? Uh, highly controversial. If I were making this, mine would say, <laughs> mine would say something like this. The White Sox are going to be in the playoff hunt this year, right? Change my mind. I dare you. It would be something like that. Uh, and, and I would do that because I don't really want you to change my mind. In fact, I don't think that you can change my mind. Um, I'm fully prepared to tell you why the White Sox will not just be in the playoff hunt, but will actually reach the World Series. So if you want to have a conversation with me after worship, I invite you to change my mind regarding the White Sox being in the playoff hunt this year. You tracking with me? Right, so, so you might put something on that sign, but, but you're not really wanting somebody to change your mind. You're really just, just kind of inviting conversation, trying to uh, get somebody to have conversation with you. And so, so here's what I want to do. I, wanna, I just want to be upfront about that in case somebody knows this, this popular YouTuber or has heard this phrase used in this way changed my mind, kind of dug in, uh, daring somebody to uh, have a conversation with you. Um, I want to put it on the table because I know it's a culturally popular phrase, and, and we're going to come back to it and use it in a little bit of a different way. But just see this. As I was studying Romans chapter 8, I found myself saying, change my mind. Uh, but not in the daring, heels dug in kind of way. It, it was much more of like a, like a prayer, like a longing, like a need. Uh, what I ended up doing as I was kind of reading and praying through Romans chapter 8 was praying, Father, change my mind. Jesus, will you please change my mind? Holy Spirit, will you come and will you change my, my mind? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I need you to change my mind. I long for you to change my mind. 
And so we're going to come back to the table, and I want to be clear about how it's used, you know, culturally, but we're using it in a different way today. And my honest hope for you is that you'll pray this prayer as you walk through not only today, but really the rest of your life. Change my mind. I want to dive in, and we're just going to uh, basically circling around one verse, but kind of the surrounding context as well. Chapter uh, 8, verse 6 in the book of Romans. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So what Paul is doing here is he's talking about two kinds of people. Um, he's not trying to, uh, you know, get you to be one type of person or the other. He's not trying to exhort you. He's not trying to encourage you to be one type of person or the other. He's just like looking at humanity and identifying two very different types of people. And, and this first type of person that we're going to look at is the person that has their mind set on the flesh. Um, on worldly things. And on the, in the book of Romans, we've already learned um, that, that flesh is not a good thing. <laughs> uh, being fleshy, uh, having flesh is not necessarily a good thing. Setting our mind on fleshy, worldly things is not going to be good for us. We've already learned that. Uh, chapter 7, verse 5 says this, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law we're at work in our members to bear fruit for death. And so we get this, this idea in uh, Romans 7 verse 5 that, that, uh, that, that our, our sinful passions are aroused in the flesh. Uh, chapter 7 verse 18, uh, Paul's going to say, Nothing good dwells in my flesh. The flesh is not good. It's not of God, at least as Paul is talking about it here. Yeah, and so we learn even more right here in this uh, Romans chapter 8 passage. Uh, we learn uh, that the mindset on flesh is death. Uh, that's kind of an interesting and strong phrase. Uh, if you look at other translations, probably the, the best one to kind of interpret this phrase, that the mindset on the flesh is death, is really uh, maybe from the message translation. The mindset on the flesh is a dead end. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. Um, uh, chapter 8, verse 7 tells us that the, the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. Hostile. So uh, if you've got your mind set on uh, worldly, fleshy things, uh, then, then you are going to be hostile towards God. Hostile just is another word for hatred. So, so maybe we hate God in the way that we act at the very least. Um, uh, chapter 8, verse 7, uh, the, the mindset on the flesh doesn't submit to God's law. Uh, the word submit means to yield or obey. So it doesn't obey God's law. It doesn't submit to God's law. It doesn't follow God's law. And then chapter 8, verse 8 says we can't please God if our mind is set on the flesh. Um, that word please is really interesting because it's uh, kind of a, a word that means like, you, you want to, and you're striving to, but you can't, and you never will. So the mindset on the flesh can't please God. It, you, you might strive to, but you won't be able. The mindset on the flesh is not good in the moment of our life or for our eternity. And so we read this, and we think about a mindset on the flesh, and boy, we don't, we don't want that to be true of us. I don't want it to be true of me. And yet so often we do have a mindset on the flesh. Um, we set our minds on things like appetite. Anybody else? 
and, and that appetite might range from uh, sex to food um, to pleasure to entertainment. Turn on the TV, turn on the computer. We set our minds on approval. Um, we, we try to earn the approval or the favor of other people. We try to please other people so that they give us good stuff. Uh, we set our minds on ambition. Um, uh, trying to be successful at work um, so that we make a good name for ourselves and then earn stuff. Uh, we try to be successful even at home, right? As a father, as a husband, um, uh, so that um, everything runs smoothly and we uh, produce good products, you know, in our kids and in our marriage. Set our minds on ambition. Sometimes we set our minds on worry. Um, we, we, we focus on what we can't control. Um, we, and, and, and these things that we worry about, it, it consumes us. It becomes the biggest thing for us. Um, sometimes we set our minds on fear. Um, on the things that, um, um, that, that are bigger than us. The things that intimidate us. Um, sometimes we set our minds on guilt. Uh, which means that, that, we're, that we're focused on our mistakes and our failures of the past and trying to not make those same mistakes and failures again. Um, and, and, and sometimes when, we're, when, we're, when we have a mindset on guilt, then, then we're trying to make up for the mistakes that we've made in the past. Boy, we don't want that to be true of us, right? A mindset on the flesh. And yet, Man, as I was reading through Romans 8 and understanding what it might means to have a mindset on the flesh, I find myself sitting at the table. Um, because I, I recognize and I feel the lack of energy and life that comes from a fleshy, worldly mindset. Uh, because I feel the lack of peace that comes from a worldly, fleshy mindset. Uh, because I have the commotion and the fuss in my life caused by a fleshy, worldly mindset. And so I sit at the table and I, and I pray, Father, will you change my mind? Jesus, will you change my mind? Holy Spirit, will you please change my mind? Um, the other kind of person uh, in Romans chapter 8, uh, interestingly, kind of drives us to the same place. It drives us to the table. Um, the other kind of person here is, uh, is a much more positive type of person. It's who we really want to be. Uh, it's a mindset on the spirit. And uh, this, too, is really interesting. Listen to it again. Romans 8, verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Life. Absolute fullness of life. Um, real, genuine life. <laughs> Um, peace, right? Peace is the absence of hullabaloo, as we've been talking about. It's the absence of commotion. It's the absence of fuss. So, so the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. If we keep reading in Romans 8, th then we find that the mindset on the spirit is connected to Christ. Like you actually feel connected to Jesus. Um, a mindset on the spirit is not afraid. If we go to uh, verse 15, Right? A mindset on the Spirit is not afraid of worldly things or worldly consequences uh, be, because we are confident right, in our adoption into the family of God. 
And because I'm adopted in the family of God and I know that my dad is bigger and better than everybody else, I'm good. I don't care. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of anything. That's what happens with a mindset on the spirit. A mindset on the spirit is confident that an inheritance awaits. Verse 17, right? Um, uh, that, that we are heirs of God and that he has prepared a, a, a beautiful inheritance for us. That's the kind of person that we want to be. <laughs> um, but it's not the life that we, that we experience most often. And so again, when we see this other type of person that Paul's talking about, it drives us to the table where we're saying, Father, will you please change my mind? Um, Jesus, will you change my mind? Holy Spirit, will you change my mind? Now, now let's just uh, kind of pause for a second and, and, um, and pretend that we're actually sitting at the table and pretend that God the Father is right here in the room with us, which, by the way, we don't have to pretend that. Um, we trust that God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are actually here with us in the room. Um, but what do you think he's going to do when you're sitting at the table? Do you think he's going to turn his back on you and say, no, I don't care. Do what you want. Of course not. We have this God that has frequently and always chosen the path of Emmanuel. So he's not going to walk away from you. He's going to come and he's going to sit at the table. He's going to engage you in conversation. He's going to say, let me tell you about, some, about something. Let me tell you about something so big and so dramatic and so grace-filled. And if we're just looking at the words of Romans 8, he's going to say, I, I sent Jesus for you. I sent Jesus to pay for your sin. I sent Jesus to destroy the effect of sin and death in your life, and in your mind, and in your heart. I sent Jesus so that you could be made right. And guess what? You don't follow your old sinful self anymore. You follow the Spirit. I've given you a new identity already, he would say. I've already given you a new mindset. You are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. Uh, Paul's language here is so cool because uh, in, in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 9, I think it is, right? He says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And Paul's looking at two kinds of people. He's not trying to get you to be one or the other. He's telling you which one you are because of what Jesus has done. You are in the Spirit. God would say, yes, I'll sit at the table, and yes, I'll change your mind by telling you what I've done through Jesus. That's what God the Father would do. Um, just a couple of practical tips as you sit at the table, because I recognize that, that you know, we might get up from the table and feel good, and we might say, oh, yes, I've got the Spirit of God living in me, and I'm experiencing life, and I'm experiencing peace, and I'm experiencing a lack of fear, and I'm experiencing what it feels like to be connected to Jesus. And then as the day wears on, you might wander back to the table again, because you recognize that your mind and your heart aren't right. And so as you sit at the table, 
Let, let me just offer um, two or three practical things really quickly, right? First of all, um, uh, uh, to, to read your Bible. You've heard me say that before, right? Like, that's a practical tool. If we are reading this, then guess what? You're going to see who God the Father is. You're going to see what he's done in Jesus, and you're going to see who he has made you to be. You're going to see this language that says, no, 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 you aren't of the flesh anymore. You are of the Spirit. That's identity language. So when we are reading this and we're sitting at the table, it's going to be instantly a shift in our mindset. We've got to be reading our Bibles. Second thing that you might want to do while you sit at the table um, is, is to fast. Um, an intentional fast will take your mind off of worldly, fleshy things and put it on the Spirit of God. Now, here's an interesting fact, because as you're um, intentionally fasting, guess what? You're going to feel that hunger, <laughs> and, uh, and so you're going to think like, oh man, I just really want a cheeseburger right now, right? And and the reality is that as you're intentionally fasting, you can take that feeling and you can say, no, 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 that, that's, not, that's not the main thing. I don't need that because I've got this, because God is the most important thing to me. And it doesn't have to be food, by the way. It could be your phone. It could be a news uh, you know, routine that you're watching. It could be sports. I mean, whatever like, it captures your attention in a worldly, fleshy way. To, to just engage an intentional fast on that changes our mind, right? It says, no, no, I don't need that. What I need is this. I need the Spirit of God. I need God to be with me. I need Jesus to continue to rescue me. So as you sit at the table, you might um, engage in an intentional fast. And then, and then the third thing uh, to do while you sit at the table is simply to pray. Uh, and you might pray the words at the bottom, which is just change my mind. And you might pray another prayer that goes like this, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Uh, it's a prayer that I've started to pray more in 2022, and sometimes uh, what I'll do is I'll list out, here's everyone, and here's everything. And guess what? On the days when those lists are very long, those are the days when I realize, oh man, I'm so lost in fleshy, worldly stuff, and I need to just let go of all that. I need to entrust all that stuff into the hands of Jesus. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I trust you with it. Um, so, so look, I, I know that sometimes we, uh, we sort of dig our heels in to worldly, fleshy life. I, I hope that today you'll just pray this prayer. Father, will you please change my mind? Jesus, will you please change my mind? Holy Spirit, will you please enter in and change my mind, and my heart, and my life? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.